Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Listen to this. This is the tape I found downstairs. It has been a number of years since I began excavating the ruins of Kandar with a group of my colleagues. Now my wife and I have retreated to a small cabin in the solitude of these mountains. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian ruins, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. From the gnarled woods of Michigan to the sun-kissed skyline of L.A. We are Halloweenies! You said I hope you understand when you read this letter that you're better off without me. Cause around me is stormy weather. Stormy weather. Always surrounds me. Happy Halloween. Trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, and deadites. I'm your host, Michael Maniac Ash Rothman, sitting here in this rickety old cabin waiting for our big conversation on Fetty Alvarez's 2013 remake of Sam Raimi's seemingly inimitable The Evil Dead. And uh, while we wait for that chat, which is still a couple weeks away, I thought we'd meditate not on our favorite horror remakes. That's child's play. And I don't mean... Charles Lee Ray. No, I want to talk about horror movies that actually warrant a horror remake. Think back to all the ones that got it right. Cronenberg's The Fly, Chuck Russell's The Blob, Alexandre Aha's The Hills Have Eyes, Philip Kaufman's Body Snatchers. What do they have in common? A strong eye, a new take, and some might argue a sharper execution. But again, We're not here to debate the best behind us. We're here to talk about the horror movies that scream for a proverbial facelift. Fortunately, since this is quite a tall task, I'm not alone here in the cabin. Pulling up in a classic muscle car are two brothers. No, 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 not the Winchesters. I'm talking about the Gerbers. He's the oldest of the two, the Dean, to Max Sam. Justin, say hello, and hey, why the hell not? Just tell me your favorite horror remake. Well, I think you might have mentioned it. This is Justin uh, Fake Shimp Gerber uh, pulling up Can I in guess? my muscle car. Can I guess what it is? <laughs> I, I think I might know. I think I might uh, know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is it Kaufman's Body Snatchers? Uh, that's that's one of them. I think oh, okay. it, it's tough. There's like there's the threesome, you know? Yeah. Like I'm sure Sam and Dean were getting into on Supernatural, you know? Those <laughs> Many guys. horror ma- remakes on that show, for sure. The Thing, you mentioned. The John Carpenter one, of course. Body Snatchers. That might be the only two I've got at five, at like five stars. Yeah. yeah. In terms of remakes. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, that's it. There's, a, there's a bunch that are like right below that, but uh, those are the top tier for me. Well, well hey. Well. Hey, how about that? Well, the Wolfman of the Night, come on down. Tell us your favorite horror remake, and is it of the Lycanthrope review? Uh, it's not. Ooh. I, I'll tell you what, though. I hope some of you have the werewolf movies on for your remakes because, good God, there needs to be some more werewolf, good werewolf really films do. out there. It really does. This is Wolfman Mac, and I, my favorite is The Fly. 
I, yeah. I just think that is a solid, solid movie um, down to the bone. I think it's really reimaginative in all the ways you want it to be. And uh, it, it, it's, it's its own thing almost, you know I mean? You really, it's, they're completely different films essentially, uh, except for some story beats, but that's 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 all you could ask for, you know. It doesn't it doesn't tarnish the original. Like the original is there if you want to watch it, but it like, is. this is yeah. this is another take kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's done really well. Well, it ha- I mean, look, it ha- it has its fans. I'm it's certainly in my top 3 uh favorite horror remakes of all time. Uh certainly not my number 1, which is uh Rupert Rainwright's The Fog from 2005. Um <clears throat> I'm just joking. I'm Ooh. kidding. That's one of the worst remakes I've. I I got to go with Justin. It's the thing. I mean, if I'm I'd like to sit here and say Kaufman's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The ones I mentioned are are pretty much in my top five for the most part, but I'd be lying if I didn't say the thing. I mean, it's my favorite John Carpenter movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. And what I love about it, you know, again, this isn't a conversation about the favorite and the best horror remakes, but I think we should at least set set the, set a base for where we're going. So you kind of know that we have some sort of authority when we're talking about what horror movies should be remade. I think what I love about Carpenter's uh, reimagining of that is that it is, it, 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 you know, it, it builds upon the original and it takes it in such a muscular new direction. And that's the thing I really want from any sort of remake. I, I want to come in and just kind of be blown away by what they do with the source material, you know? And I just don't see that too often, you know? I mean, I, I actually think there's a quite a few horror remakes throughout the aughts that that actually did that in that capacity, you know, especially taking onto a modern lens. I think one that that often gets kind of derailed. I said Hills of Eyes, but there's another Craven remake, which is The Last House on the Left, which I think is actually a really solid remake. And what I love about that I never that saw one, that one. It's solid. I mean, it really is. Like, it's what I like about that is that it it kind of gives a little, you know, it gives actual characters. You know, with the original one, it just feels so rough and so. so, so it's. I mean, it feels like a fucking snuff film, which is why I think you're talking about Last House on the Left. Yeah, yeah. And I think the characters yeah, in the I, new I, one are really I, solid. It's it's a pretty pretty good remake. It's grisly. It's grisly, but it's not as grisly as the the original one. Should I think would probably always still get that. You know that hallmark in just because of just how cutthroat that fucking movie is. But anyway, what do you, what, what makes a good remake for you though? Uh, Justin, like what, I mean, you mentioned the thing, is it for the same reasons I just said, you know, is it, is it have to really kind of surprise you or could it actually follow the blueprint of the original and just do it better? I mean, I think I agree with everything you were saying. I think for me, and this really is my litmus test now for any movie that comes out is just to kind of warrant its existence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not just for original movie, but just, Okay, there's this great movie out here. You're going to remake it. Why are you remaking it? What was the point? When, I, when I'm done watching it, can I say to myself, oh, I'm happy that this also exists? Or am I leaving it thinking, why bother? Why did you do this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, you think about the thing. I mean, granted, yeah, you can say, okay, 10 scientists are an Arctic research base. That's it. Nothing yeah. else with the rest of the movie matches up with what's going on in that it original really film at all. No. You know what I mean? So I like when they take the log lines of some of these things and then just kind of twist them around. We're going to be talking about Evil Dead next week. I'm looking forward to revisiting that because you know, they take the log line of the original Raimi Evil Dead, but they absolutely do twist that around as mm-hmm. the movie goes on. So, you know, it warrants its existence. Now, whether or not it's successful... We'll, different story. we'll discuss it later yeah. this month on yeah. Halloweenies. <laughs> well, Mac, what about you? What do you look for when you're seeing a familiar IP come back on the screen? Well, it's hard because I can sit here and say, well, as long as enough time has passed, 
mm-hmm. that warrants a warrant would warrant the remake for a new audience. But you know, I'm looking at the fly, right? Yeah. And that I mean, was that's only certainly... like 28 years between. It doesn't seem like that, but there was only 28 years. And now think about like, you know, there's certain films that we've seen that came out when we were young and it's been 30 years. Do we think that those classics deserve a remake now for a new audience? Like, no, I still think those movies hold up. So it it's is very, so weird when you think It's very about hard. That, yeah. But I do feel like for me, and that's why I'm excited about today, is that remakes, I really only want to see a remake if the original is not good. That's <laughs> which is where funny my because, mind was at, which, which is bizarre because the remakes that we like the most right now are of seemingly classic films that yeah. are pretty good, right? Like maybe not held up to our standards that, that we have today in terms of special effects or whatever it might be, but you know, like the fly or, you know, the thing that, uh, from another world and the fog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, of <laughs> I will say that I think that the only, this is for horror. I can't speak to other genres, but this might be the case. I think the only great horror movie that also has a great horror remake is invasion of the body snatchers. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's it. I think that there's other great movies that have good remakes or even vice versa in some cases that actually, you know, enhance the material. But I, I think that's the only like one and one that I can think of off the top of my head. I'd say the thing, I, I, I know that the, you know, the Howard Hawks one kind of gets kind of th- thrown aside some, but the original one's pretty solid. Like I watched that with my dad. I, maybe that's, I'm a little biased just because it's one of my dad's favorite movies. So there is that. some sort of nostalgic side to it, but it, for its time, I think it's pretty solid, but I think that's kind of goes into what you were saying, Mac, where it's like, it did. It's so weird when you think about the thirty-year differences of what happens between you know when the thing and the original fly is released, and then obviously you know Cronenberg's and, and Carpenter's. I you know the disparity between that thirty years and then when you look at the thirty years from now to the fly, you know Cronenberg's the fly and, and Carpenter's the thing. It just feels like, and I know a lot has changed in between both of those you know wide vacuous spaces of time. But I just think production-wise and just even pop culture-wise and even culturally, I just feel like we've changed so much more from, like, the 50s to 80s versus the 80s to now. Like, in a way, I think we've almost regressed just because we've just become so commodified with, you know, how life is corporatized in ways. You know, we've, in a way, we've we've kind of uh, been a little more homogenized in a way. It's almost like we've regressed in certain situations when it comes to at least pop culture and and creating Mm. and the way movies are made these days but that's another story the story that we have today 10 horror remakes that we want to see as we try to do here on the halloweenies we tried to uh give ourselves uh, a little caveat by by basically stressing that you know these haven't been remade but if they have then if you have an argument for it then that's fine i mean look it's hollywood if anything can make money they'll fucking do it so if we have a strong argument hey some producers out there are probably going to say let's do it so we're going to get on our producer's chairs and we're going to round robin it as we're wanting to do here on the Halloweenies. And we each got three choices and we're going to leave the 10th up in the air. So last time we did a round robin that went by age. I could say we could do this alphabetically, but then that just makes it again, Justin, Mac and me. So let's go by birthdays in the year. And mm. Mac is June. I'm August. And Justin is the real Halloweeny. Born in October. Hey. So. I'll be Endless Mike. Endless Mike over here. Does that work? All right. Well, then look, Mac, take it away. You got the first one to go. 
All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to play any games, but I'm going to read you a little thing here. Uh, Long inhabited by human settlers, the red planet has become the manifest destiny of an overpopulated Earth. Nearly 640,000 people now live and work all over Mars. That's right. I'm choosing John Carpenter's The Ghost of Mars. Because I think this is a very good idea. Yeah. The idea is sound. I love the idea of us essentially living on Mars now and then something is unearthed and the original inhabitants start to possess the colonizers where I would depart from that from the John Carpenter version mm-hmm. is I, I would say that basically they, they start to kind of tear themselves apart like they do in the original, in the original. And I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but they actually eventually become the creatures that used to live there. So we yeah. go even a step further. It just becomes a straight horror film. Uh, no tongue in cheek, you know, one liners and stuff. And I would cast uh, Rose Salazar, Rosa Salazar, excuse me, mm. and Maharshala Ali as the leads. Um, still that same dynamic. And then now they've got to work together. And I think if you get a director that's good with that kind of body horror stuff, I'd say Julia DeCornau, who did Ooh. Raw and Titan. And I think that there is a visceral, there's a some, extra something that, that they're bringing to those films that I think would be really cool in a straightforward, like, understated, I don't know, take of Ghosts of Mars, not so bombastic and over the top. And I don't know, I think because they'd just be creatures, that the lead creature would not be played by any any one person you know i think it'd probably be CD maybe or someone little, you know maybe a little maybe more assault be, in precinct 13 where it's just kind of like a lot as opposed to like sort of leader yeah force. or it may, might be like you know doug jones or something in the costume <laughs> like a million but doug jones. Be, he will be in a costume you're not gonna you're not gonna know who the actor is well this is I mean? a good example mac of like let's remake something that nobody has any attachment to none you know what i mean like and this is pretty much universally reviled i mean every movie's got a cult but this is pretty much universally reviled and as somebody who loves john carpenter i think this is one of the worst movies i've ever seen right but i I think this is what should be they should be doing is taking films that like initially like have something to them like like good ideas and that didn't work at all like remake those movies don't remake class we don't need a remake of the exorcist we don't. Well, they are because well, DGG got a trilogy on its way. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's why a I mentioned trilogy. it. But I, I just, a I just trilogy. feel like you don't need it. So, Blumhouse, Ghost of Mars, you're, you're right there. You're, you're, you're right there. You, 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 you've got to take it. You got to do it. Please, please do it. <laughs> Rather have a Ghost of Mars trilogy. It'd be, it would be like you know, Humans of Mars. Dead of Mars, Ghost of Mars, like the trilogy. Well, maybe this movie will finally, you know, wash away the bad taste of the Mars brand. And I don't mean Uh-oh. candy. I'm talking about the Mars itself. I mean, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of wincing, I feel like, in Hollywood when it comes to Mars. Uh, because there's, it, I don't know what it is. It's like maybe our, maybe we're just like preternaturally, de- you know, determined to not like this planet. Um, but it just feels like with the exception of like total recall, most Mars movies, like they kind of flop though. Right. I mean, when you think about red mm. planet didn't do well, Mar like moms on Mars, moms from Mars, or there's some other movie that came out that was a big flop that, that way. It's one of the reasons why they changed John Carter and Mars to just John Carter. Obviously that yeah. didn't work. Cause like the, the great Danny Collins or the Larry crown, the name movies don't really do that well, but 
we got to change the game. And I think that your idea, Mac, certainly does. That is at least my wish. Mac went ahead and cast. I didn't even think about casting mine. I have some directors here. I got a I got cute a, couple of casting. I got, I got a big cast. I, you know, I just I threw, like the cast I threw some folks in there because it just helps me visualize it a little bit more. No, yeah. I, like the, I like those two actors, too. Well, yeah, Rose, Rose Salazar, I feel like nobody's watching that show Undone anymore. I feel like a lot oh, of these man. shows that go on it, streaming, they're like a lot of people talk about and the critics love them in their first season. And then their second seasons come out, and like nobody talks about them. It's like people have just already moved on to the next big thing, I guess. But I think be, it, for some of these shows, it's like you have the weird COVID, like two, it's been too long between seasons kind of mm. thing. Yeah. And because uh, it's a really good second season, and she's great on it. And I'd love to see on Rosa on more. Wasn't she things, Battle Angel also? Yes. She is okay. a Lita Battle Angel. Yeah, she's in that as well. Yeah. Albeit, you know, CGI'd and stuff like that. But. Um. I've not seen that yet. But. There's just so much out there. I mean, I, I was thinking about it over the weekend, you know, because I'm watching, uh, we just finished Sandman, and I'm like, you know, that last, oh, what, 36 it hours? Well. It's great. I loved it. And I just, but it would last, you know, it felt like people talked about it for 72 hours, and then we're, well, we're moving on. And this is like a fucking epic. Like, you watch the thing. Well, that's the problem like, with Jesus Netflix Christ. now. Netflix needs to change their their bit, and they won't. Which is go back to dropping something every week because then you're extending that time. We're talking about it for two and a half months. Or it really, especially a show like that where it's just so dense. But uh, well, I said that it would be my wish for you to change the Mars brand, and that's certainly a seg that I wanted to keep because my first choice. We're bringing him back. He was in the last episode. He's coming in this one. We're talking Wishmaster. I want a TV show, but I also want a remake. And if we're going to get a remake, I want it to be done by the great Christopher Landon. I think he's got the humor and the horror and the surrealism to pull this, this off. This is Mike. I've got Landon marked up for one of my choices. No, really? Joke. Yeah, I love him. I love that, that guy. I just. I, chan- I, I, I was going to say. What, I was going to say. What were the chances going to be of any of us matching up directors or movies? Well, there you go. Landon's you know, one. Okay. He's one of the few uh, auteurs, if you want to, uh, you know, quote unquote, say that these days, because yeah. uh, you know we don't really get too many visionaries out there because they all. Sorry, get- go, sorry, I, I interrupted your, your Wishmaster pitch. No, no. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much it. I just really want him to kind of lean into his brand. And, you know, go nuts here. Bring back Div off, though. I mean, I, I was trying to think of, like, could I come up with some sort of clever bullshit thing, sort of a little bit like Candyman last year where they had Tony Todd, but not really Tony Todd. But no, you got to bring back Div off. Like, I, I, I was thinking, like, maybe Mark Hamill could do it, but it's like, no. It, no Div off no, is only no 67 years old. Well, no, Just, I, I'd only say it could be Mark Hamill if he was wearing no makeup and it was just Mark Hamill. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's just kind of hey, what's going on? Um, so you know, bizarre. I thought I'd have you can't couple... like disconnect from it. He's I like... mean, listen, as we learned, as I learned the hard way, with my viewings of Wishmaster Three: Beyond the Gates of Hell and Wishmaster Four: The Prophecy Fulfilled, it, you know, you go div off or go home. I mean, yeah. that's it. This he is as integral to the classic Wishmaster series as. You know, Anders Hove is to uh, subspecies, as Robert England is to Freddy Krueger. You know, I, I, yeah. nobody else can play these roles well, but those actors. I agree. You cannot re- – I don't want to see fucking, I don't know, David Thewlis as the Wishmaster. I love David Thewlis. I don't want David Thewlis as Wishmaster. He, he's you know? great as Dr. D, but – He is wonderful. I, you but know, I, go for it, I, man. I, no, I was going to say, uh, you said that, th- that 
along with the remake that there still would be a show and that, mm-hmm. is that show still going to be Jen's Paradise the reality show that I pitched <laughs> well, that, oh, I'm no. glad you mentioned that Max because, look I'm all for all of it I mean we, we've seen in this day and age that IP doesn't have to just exist on the silver screen it can exist on places like Disney Plus and it can also go to Hulu I'm saying do it all do the Wishmaster feature film remake you know with Christopher Landon at the, the helm and, mm. and Landon will be like a John Favreau of sorts you know he'll be like mm. I'm he'll excited helming, already. He'll make sure that we get the the, the spinoff <laughs> Disney Plus uh, style series that we get on there that gives a little bit more into the lore, maybe fills in the gaps between Wishmasters 2 and 3 and 3 and 4. And then um, you get the reality show as well. DivOff is going to be busy. You know, It's going to be busy times for DivOff, and it's, and it's, it's about due. It's due for DivOff because uh, they maligned him um, in 3 and 4. They. <laughs> And it's about, it's time to come people. back. The ominous they, Justin. They have maligned him the for people, too long. D- does, He's become Jen. Does Divoff have some thoughts on on this this uh, revelation? Because I think he I think this could be like a pretty big deal for him. I don't know if Divoff has, but let me pull out my uh, my gem here. Oh uh, shit! Uh, let me rub oh, this thing real quick. Right. Oh, oh <laughs> my god! Oh Jesus! Hello. It's, oh, it, I knew it. It is I, the Jin, so and Jen, I have some thoughts. Yeah, tell, let us know what you think. If 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 you went with Mike's uh, reimagining, how would you like the Wishmaster to uh, play out? Three witches. <laughs> oh, I was hoping we'd get three. You know, it's it's, it's sometimes you only get one in these movies. Let's let's up to three. I believe my human conduit, Andrew Devoff. <laughs> would be a wonderful addition. Oh, I got a wow. wish for you. I got a wish for you, Jen. TV. So you guys worked well together because there were some rumors on the side. Oh, all right. Wow. I got a, I got a Blu-ray copy of Toy Soldiers here, and my wish is that Andrew Divoff signs it right next to uh, my Will Wheaton signature. As you wish. <laughs> This is great. Well, look, it's already in my day. This is it couldn't go it couldn't get better than this. I will say to add on to my my uh, my pick for Wishmaster, flood it with horror cameos. I mean, you can get everyone in there at this point. I mean, the original one had obviously Robert England as a main role. I oh, mentioned Mark Hamill. Left. He did. He's gone. He's gone. Well, he'll be back in the feature film Wishmaster and also the TV show and the reality series. We're going all in. Mm. That's my pick. So choice I like one it. done. All More right, Wishmaster. Justo, go for it. Um, now this this is a little uh, subversion, right? Because a movie in this series was remade. I'm talking about a film that was remade with, I believe, Katie Cassidy, Jonathan Sheck, and Idris Elba in between The Wire and some more high profile stuff. I'm talking about Prom Night. I'm not wow. saying remake Prom Night. I'm saying let's remake the Mary Lou. Prom night entries, which oh would be the prom night twos God. and prom night three, and I, you know, like I said, I don't want to remake a prom night. We already got that. There's just so much more to tackle now, especially in high schools. With you got the internet, you got TikTok, you got Twitter, you got Instagram. The list goes on and on. And I think somebody who could really tackle this well with such with, with such like light fare compared to what she did before is Emerald Fennell. And I say that because even though Emerald Fennell did win an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for a Promising Young Woman, myself and a lot of people, no spoilers, you know, the girl boss of it all didn't really land with the subject material of the movie, the ending of that movie. Yeah. But I think you, you can get as cute as you want with Mary Lou. Oh, absolutely. And I think, that that, and I think she could have a ball with that. You could kind of make it really mean and nasty because we're talking about, you know, 
some 50s, 60s prom queen who's possessing people 50 years later. I mean, I just think it'd be really funny, funny, uh, a funny film, a fun film that doesn't have to worry about massive tonal shifts. It could be a kind of just a, a, a comedy the entire way through with some, you know, spills and chills, as, as it were. So that's my pick. Uh, Are you... A Mary Lou, a, a Hello Mary Lou remake. Are you going to engage with like COVID, where you're going to have like people scared to dance at this point? Well, I think I like it that? to be, I like it to come out years after COVID and and have it like referenced or something, refer- or? or have it be okay. like this is actually was ahead of the game. You, know, you mean like someone's going through like their drawers trying to find clues and they find like a mask and they kind of like, what's this for? Side. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. I think that'd be really cool. I think it'd be wonderful if they if they alluded to COVID as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. or COVID, I say. Well, you know, like Cy King uh, was talking about how, like, you know, not enough media brings COVID into it. And I just thought, I thought, like, you know, there are so many kids out there that didn't get their prom night, you know, the last two years um, yeah. just because they, you know, they didn't have it. I'm thinking it's coming back. I, I imagine prom night probably happened this year. So it's still a timeless event. I still think that it's there. Now, I haven't seen Mary Lou in quite some time. Mm. Is there actually a prom night in Mary Lou? I can't remember at this there point. There is. It, okay. it culminates in the prom I night. I would be um, both films, I believe, do. Very surprised if in a prom night film there was no prom night. Well, the, I'll tell you, you what. You never know. Uh, I mean, no, I'm thinking about all prom. All the movies do have prom nights. Part four ditches on? the Mary Lou factor for like a possessed priest from 50 years ago. It's really shitty. Uh, bad movie. Because it starts going into like Silent Night, Deadly Night territory where it's just like, we're all right. We're so far removed from anything that this was. Well, even the second one it does. is so far removed from the it first is. one. I mean, because it's technically not really a prom night movie. It's not, they, they, they threw prom night on there because of just for marketing. Yeah. I think it was called The Haunting of Hamilton High or something like that. Oh my god! And then, like last second, they went, "Hey, let's get the rights." I do love the rhyme, the "Hello Mary Lou" prom night too. Hey, five it's stars, great. five star title. Uh-huh. Not a great movie, but people love it. Uh, so, oh, you know, but I was trying to think of who I would do. Um, yeah, I was going to say who, casting. Like, who would be Mary Lou? Like, who is who is a younger actor who's really funny? I see. I was thinking about. Who's really funny? Who's really Roberts? funny? Really cute, young. Who played in high school? I was thinking about what's her name Newton from Freaky, but that's way too close. Yeah, too close of a character, right? You can't. No, do that. but it would work. I mean, she's. I feel like Catherine Newton. She kind of stays in the same ballpark for herself. Like you know, she was. You know, she went from Supernatural. We referenced before with the Winchesters. Oh, and, Blockers, and then she did Blockers, and then Blockers is. Honestly, it would be kind of a cool subversion on the Blockers thing, which already Blockers was a subversion on the Prom Night thing anyway. So it kind of would be a, a fun meta. Uh, reference to that and you know i mean i feel like kids in their 20s nowadays play high schoolers for 10 years at this point so that's yeah, just like the old days <laughs> yeah exactly um we're back. we're back what's new is old again we're back at dinosaur story uh well we're also back <laughs> with justin who has uh, mm. another pick because we're snaking this around well look christopher landon's busy they got another holiday for him mm. you know what i'm talking about got another oh, holiday for him oh no now listen here's the thing about this movie them about the pitch and the the remake that it's on. Uh, people throw Halloween parties throughout the month of October, right? Not everybody's throwing a Halloween party on October 31st because sometimes it doesn't fall on the weekend. Fourth of July, usually people are partying during the day, kind of like in the safety of the backyard and the, the local park and whatnot. But you know what everybody celebrates for the most part, except for the last couple of years because of COVID? Everybody pretty much celebrates New Year's Eve. Oh. Everybody's out there partying 
It's wild. Yeah. Every apartment complex, every house you go by, there's party, party, party. Every you know, bar, club, party, 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 restaurant. I'm talking about rebooting 1980s New Year's Evil Smart. with Christopher Landon. Now, once Christopher Landon, once I said, like I said, he's busy he's here. Back. He's he back. Busy on well, this so podcast. Here's the plot of the 1980 movie, and this this plot sounds great. I've seen the movie; it's not good, but this is the plot. This is a slam dunk. It should be a slam dunk. New Year's Eve is on its way, and television's most famous punk rock lady icon, Diane Sullivan, or Blaze, as her fans call her, hey, Blaze will be Blaze. Hey, Blaze will be Blaze. Is holding a late night countdown celebration of music and partying televised live from a Hollywood hotel. All is going well until Diane receives a phone call from an odd sounding stranger claiming his name is Evil. He announces on live television that when the clock strikes midnight in each time zone, a quote unquote naughty girl will be quote unquote punished. The killer then signs off with a threat claiming that Diane will be the last naughty girl to be punished. Great idea. It is a great idea. Because it's New yeah. Year's on the East Coast, yeah. Central Time Zone Mountain, and you end up, of course, in L.A. at the end. The problem with this movie is that less than 30 minutes in, they reveal who the killer is. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much following him around throughout the rest of the movie. And, it's a bad choice. It's a bad choice. And <laughs> so you get an hour left. You're just following around, like kind of bungling, killing people, and... You know that he's related to Diane, and mm. like, wh- why would you do that? Why don't you keep this whole thing a mystery? You know. Anyway, long story short. Oh, by the way, the killer is also the main villain in uh, Sudden Impact, directed one of the Dirty Harry movies. Mm. Uh, is that the that? third one? That is the fourth one. Fourth one. Okay. Fourth one. Is fifth one Deadpool? Fifth one's Deadpool. Wow. Fifth five Dirty Harry movies. Jesus. Yeah. Christ. Five. Yeah. Sudden Impact's pretty good. Clint Eastwood directed that one. Wait, what's, um, the, what's the third? The third one is The Enforcer. Oh, that's the right. second and then one. Magnum Force. Magnum Force Magnum is the second Force. one. Yeah, that's a great one. Don't remake Dirty Harry. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. You, you can't do it, really. They're of their time. I, I yeah. love a bunch of those. Don't even try to do it now. You think Eastwood's going to do a sixth one just to close out? No. Nah. No? He's over? Oh, man. Because for me, <laughs> Crime 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 Grand Torino is the unforgiven of the Dirty it Harry is. series. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so anyway... Yeah, just uh, you, you do the movie. You can update it, obviously. And do it like it's a live web show or something like that. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, and just but make it a whodunit. Don't don't have us follow around this normal looking guy for an hour as he's trying to kill people. It's it's a big mistake. I feel like because you were saying Landon for this, right? Or yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the reason I want Landon to do it is because Landon has done time travel. Mm-hmm. He's done body switching. Yep. I want to see if he can just do a straight-up murder mystery. Well, can he I, do it? I was going to mention that because, you know, the first Happy Death Day is a whodunit. And I just think yeah, that there, right. there's, a, there's a magic loss in not too many whodunits. I mean, watching Scream this year, it did make me miss just trying to figure out who's who again. You know, it's such an mm-hmm. easy baseline mystery, you know, appeal, you know, hook, basically, for a movie. But it works every time. Like, if you could nail it, it's fucking great. I mean, why do you think Agatha Christie was able to, you know, turn out so many goddamn books? Like, if you can make it happen, you can make a good mystery. Agree. Do it. I got one more mystery to solve. Actually, maybe Ooh. not Maybe not so much of a mystery for my second pick, but it's certainly a legend, as in urban legend. Uh, I thought Ooh. about this. You know, yeah, it's, it, this, is a, this is a franchise that kind of sputtered. Um, Jamie yeah, Blanks. Yeah, a little bit. 
you know, like a little bit. Um, they didn't really t- work too well. Kind of f- uh, fumbled uh, upon arrival with uh, Jamie Blanks, uh, 1998. I don't know. I guess some people stand for this movie. I remember seeing yeah, the opening I, night. I, I, I thought it was people okay. that, Those are people who had never seen a horror film before, and that was their first horror film. That, it that's really the was. Only thing, that's the only reason I will, I will let those people stand by that. It's really not that great a movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And it honestly, like, absolutely just, I don't know, kicks and punts the whole premise of, like, in the pitch of, like, Urban Legends. So this is what I would do. Hmm. A total reimagining. Give it to Rob Savage, a man who did host in a movie that I am pretty much controversially picked as one of my favorites this year, Dash Camp. I, I don't really give a shit about the political alliances for things. I really don't. I'm pretty apolitical at this point in my life, just because I don't think any party is going to be able to solve anything in this world. But I like Dash Cam. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was a, uh, uh, an, uh, an astonishing found footage movie that left me at the edge of my seat. And you know what it did? For 80 minutes, I I just didn't think about the, the, the insanity and mundanity of the world. And you know what? If you can do that, which he did with Host a year before, or no, two years before, um, which made us forget about the pandemic for 80 minutes, even though it was set in the pandemic. Hey, he's fucking great at this. And I think that if you could do a found footage anthology set to urban legends, which I know he could do. I mean, currently he's doing the boogeyman mm. for Stephen King. He's going to be doing oh, something so there. Oh, you're saying stick with found footage. Oh, I'm saying stick on found footage, but lean on the urban legend thing. Use the urban legend brand and have it be, you know, Maybe even kind of model it a little bit like the, the, the VHS franchise, which is one of my favorites. And I don't say that just because I work for Bloody Disgusting. I just love the, the VHS movies, and I love them because they, they are united in ways, but they really are just kind of standalone stories within the found footage vein. And I think you could do that with Urban Legend. Just redo it all. Get away from this. I mean, if you want to have slasher, you know, a slasher segment, sure, do it. But... There are so many new urban legends, thanks to all the creepypastas out there. And I think Savage has proven in the last two films that he can do found footage really well. And he can do it on the cheap. And he can also really surprise you with ways he's able to flex the the sort of genre bending aspects of it all. Like with Dashcam, the thing I was really most astounded by is that at one point it turns into an action movie. At one point it turns into a horror film. At one point it turns into kind of a comedy because you're just laughing at the the stupidity of it all and just the inanity of the main character who's just one of the most nightmare fucking people in the world, but you just can't stop looking at it. It's like a car crash. So I've given it to, you know, Urban Legend. I think give it to, you know, Savage, Jed Shepard, run with it. I know you guys can kill it. And, I, and, you know, and not only are there urban legends that are American, there's those that are in, you know, from the UK, you know, and that's where they're hailed from. So it would be fucking great to see what they can bring to it. Do you have any urban legends you, you'd like to see, like incorporated into this or anything? You know, I think... High beams. High beams would be fucking cool. That would be You could awesome. do that in a car, too. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, creepy. with, with another footage, dash cam. A very, a very da- a dash cam adjacent, uh, maybe yeah. even a nod. Maybe they pass the... Person that's in dash cam, like, and then they say, "Look at each other in the in their dash cams." And yeah, well, <laughs> I haven't seen dash cam, so I really don't. Know. Well, don't tweet about it because you're suggesting because I, I know that you know it's it's a very controversial. Uh, I, I haven't out seen there. it yet. I like what you were gonna like. It's like you're out here like exactly. I'm not I sitting know. here. I didn't walk out of the movie yeah. and go, you know what? I'm gonna follow this absolute nightmare of a person on. And I mean, life, I think the like, actor. Oh, is that what's I, I going wish nothing on? but the worst for the actor, obviously. <laughs> but I can probably watch the movie and, and be fine with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very entertaining movie, and I will say the entire time. 
I had no fucking clue where it's going. And that's what I want in a movie, especially nowadays where everything seems preordained, especially when you get stuff mm. like Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Where is this going to lead? Let me think. The first Star Wars movie. Uh, anyway, Urban Legend's my pick. <laughs> Mac, take it away. You got two of them. All right, I'm going to name some of the cast of this film, and I'm going to wait to see if someone, until someone guesses it. Wait, okay? so you're saying this is going to be your, your proposed no, this remake? Is, no, this, the is, this is the original. Okay, I'll figure right. Robert Prosky. Oh, man. Got it. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Thief. <laughs> the real. Oh, the, there, is a, there is a horror version of that. Well, at least there the trailer. Is, there is. Robert no, Prosky. Bruce Payne. Bruce Payne? Man, where is this Robert going? Robert Prosky. Keep going, keep going. Ian McKellen. Oh, man. Is this oh, the, um, is this the, the keep? keep? The keep. Oh, oh man. The keep. Okay, now, go. Michael Mann's The Keep, and uh, 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 a failure, <laughs> right? We, we watched plot, this. Though. Didn't we all watch this plot. together? We did. It is yeah. not good. And that's based on a novel. And I propose that they still do that, right? But um, now the, the idea is Nazi troops... In World War II, Romania awakened a supernatural evil when they set up camp in an ancient stone fortress called the Keep. But my spin on this would be uh, maybe they don't. I think if this is what. No, listen. So, <laughs> so Colin Wilson now? I know. I yeah. know. So it's Robert. So it's so you either get Robert Eggers mm. or the Safdie brothers, right? Eggers to do this great, because uh, they're Safdie. both really good at like close, confined paranoia. And I think you could do this where you get like, you know, Killian Murphy, Defoe, uh, and just litter it with, with just, you know, obviously really good eyes. I didn't go further than that. Maybe I, I said Michael Dorman for the Scott Glenn character for all you keep heads out there that know the movie more than I do. Cause I only seen it once, but I think that, um, it becomes more of like a paranoia thing. Like they're stuck in this castle, this keep, and they're there for too long and they start to think this thing's actually happening. And it's like a collective hallucination. And these Nazis so riddled with guilt for everything that they've been doing to this town in Romania start to lose it. Mm. Mm. Little twilight zone. -y. So it is kind of like, is it happening or is it not happening? Or are they seeing things or is it the Romanians? Uh, or, you know, so it's, mm. a, it's a little bit of like a bit of a mystery. And I think you just keep it a mystery. I think you kind of let the audience decide. Wait, you said you think you keep it a mystery? Uh -huh -oh. Oh, pun are you going to now? Are we going to get Man uh, no. as an executive producer here or something? Or Tangerine Dream come back for the score? I think Man has all but pretended like this never happened. So yeah, I don't I'm know if sure. he would actually come back to, to do anything with it. I love Tangerine Dream, but I think you've got to do full symphonic. Maybe we get Howard Shore in here. He's, you know, he's he hasn't done anything since Ron the Hobbit films, right? amount, you know. The Hobbit films. He's still <laughs> tired Hobbit. of the Hobbit at this point. He's like, <laughs> I got another three and a half hours to fill. Peter. Wait, did Shore do the Hobbit movies also? Pretty positive. Oh man, that's depressing. He must have been so Pretty tired. Sure. Do you think and so I mean, rich? He doesn't need to do anything anymore. That those that those scores for those first three films are just. It's phenomenal. Do you think there was at any moment like making the Hobbit movies that like Peter Jackson like like maybe took a gun and just like, like oh, yeah. God, it's like lethal weapon, you know, just sitting there. Like, I think what he probably did was look at his bank his Bank of America. That account. is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably like, like, or Bank of New Zealand. As he rode his golden <laughs> his pony home, at, <laughs> he's sitting on. Tons he, he probably of money. looked at his family and said, "I did, looks at his family and goes like." 
For as far as my generations will go, they will never want for anything. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> They're fine. His like whole. I would. I would have done the same thing he did. Are you kidding me? Like, I get it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so my uh, generations that follow me will never have to worry about anything for the rest of their lives. I will do three bad Hobbit movies oh, for you. God, right I, now. I still. I couldn't oh, even get to the first Lord. one, but and I love those first. Uh, those three Lord of the Rings movies. Well, I like the two and two and a half of it. But anyway, Mac. That's a great pick. I didn't, That's a good one, Mac. If you I was, had I gone to my head, I, I never would have thought of that. Never would have thought of that. You know, well, I, you know what I want to do? I really, really want to find that book. I want to read the book. Yeah, me too. You know, I really tried to find movies where I was like, I really love the ideas, but mm-hmm. it just, they failed. And those, were those And those were those two. Well, you know what um, I did, Mac, is I went to Letterboxd and I did lowest average first for me. Oh, yeah, my right? God. And I did horror <laughs> genre and I just combed through. And That's I was like the worst movies I could think of. Yeah. No offense to some of the movies I already mentioned, but there you go. So now do I go? You go, you go again. again. You got okay, another, okay. You got third final, and final. Third and my third and final. Now this this breaks away from that because I actually do really like the original. Hmm. Oh, but I'm Ooh. pretty sure. And now this I think would definitely be on a Disney Plus release at some point. <laughs> now, last unicorn. I'm pretty sure this hasn't actually been remade. There have been weird. Uh, like calls to uh, throwbacks, movies similar but not actually remade, is the creature from the Black Lagoon. There's no actual remake of that, right? There's not. It really isn't. No. I mean, I so, guess Shape of Water kind of gets. I mean, I think they said that they said that the idea that I've I've read that the, that was the original intent was that they were going to remake Creature yeah, and then it ended up really becoming Shape of Water. Yeah. Well, guess what? It didn't. It became yeah, Shape of Water, not, and it's, it's not, not the same. It's yeah. not. I mean, because Carpenter was going to redo that in the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was his big plan. So my idea here is, I think you said it now, mm. and I think that you could. Because then you do away with all the you know the gender net dynamics and stuff, and you could just fill it with a team of scientists. I like to think it would be like the leads would be like Ruth Nega and Boyd Holbrook, right? Ooh, Boyd oh, Holbrook, let's go! And you, you got you got Boyd on the mind because of Sandman right now. I, mean, I, so, I do. Yeah, bring me well, the track. Let's just be honest. Track- I've got the tracker on the, mind all the time throughout the, <laughs> the whole tracker. fucking watch. And bring Sam is tracker. like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "It's a quote from Logan." Hey, he's he's really long. good as the Corinthian, and yes, he's been on my mind. But I like think that Nelson over here. we've I found the other day, <laughs> I was going through my old files when I used to work with Spielberg, and I found a Jeffrey, <laughs> a Jeffrey Bohm script Ooh, of the creature. Oh, oh shit. So this is gonna be like Jurassic Park big, you know, we're in South America, we're in the Amazon, we're look, look, looking for this creature, we found this fossil, so it's got it kind of has a little bit of nods to that. But then, obviously, they find the creature, and yeah, so it's on, it's on that level. And my my idea though <laughs> is that the director would be Spielberg. That Spielberg comes back oh, to do this. Now, yeah, this isn't yeah, going to be yeah. something where the creature is shown to a theater full of people in New York, like King Kong. No, it's just the team of scientists and the creature, and we have which we haven't had in a long time, Spielberg being reserved and keeping it a small story, a small contained thriller. And make I sure like, that Janice Kaminsky doesn't hop aboard this, the ship also. <laughs> Kaminsky's you know, leave gone. Him on the mainland. Like, you He's know. gone. Can we Good. get Cundy back for this? Yeah, Cundy's Cundy back. Him from his Disney movies? Cundy's yeah. back because, because they're like, okay, 
We'll let you use Cundi if you release it on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Don't say that. Uh God, that's right. I, I, I just imagine like Premier Magazine saying like Cundi from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> God. I just think it's and it, it would just be interesting because I feel like so much of those movies are based on like the creature falling in love with the woman. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. Hell, no. you know what? Ha, have the creature fall in love with Boyd Holbrook. You know, I oh, hell, I cool. would. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I, I mean, make a, a suggestion too? Yeah. Let's not have this creature be misunderstood. Let's just have this creature be a fucking killing machine. I know. Let's, go. Yeah, Let's do I, it. Let's make it evil and like. I'm so done with you, the you know, misunderstood. You know, you, you know what you do? Oh, you do oh, the twist, on, Mac. Hold, hold oh, on. you still got it. Sorry, go ahead. You, you do that. You have it be. You you think that it's gonna be misunderstood, right? Oh, I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it is just a killer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it's, it's a fucking monster. Be great. You know? Um, I think the twist is like, you know, you got the conservationist there. You figure, oh, he's going to be the one that's like, yeah, we can't, you know, we got to let it go. And it's like Gustav the crocodile in, in Africa, I think it is. Or is it in India? Yeah. That crocodile who, oh, even yeah. when it's full, still goes out there and kills people. Like yeah. that thing. You know what I mean? You got to get rid of that thing. Well, me and you, <laughs> at least in our text threads, I, I feel like me and you, Justin, are the only ones that ever want to kill these, like, you know, these these creatures. Whereas Caffrey is over there and he's just always I, I, like, I will say, though, to be, oh, to, to be all joking aside, I think I'm like crack. 99% joking. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm, I'm not, though. Gators and Crocs, I'm, get them out of here. They, there's too many of them. That's <laughs> oh, enough. They, all they want to do is kill. I mean, you mentioned that story. Yeah, but Gustav is a, is a unique situation. You know, my boy Gustav over there, he's a killing machine. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. The, the Crocs are assholes, and so are so I agree. My, so are my final, They're smiling when they eat you. You know, my final, like my final note on creature is yeah. if, if Spielberg's busy, get Cameron. He's just been oh, working man. underwater. He's just been underwater yeah. for years mm. with Avatar two, under the sea, and uh, you know I feel like he he's got all the special. He's got all the new special effects down there under the water, and that's where most of the creature takes place. Well, wait so, a second, uh, I, I just got a call. I, I just got a text from Cameron. Yeah. So he he said loves the idea, and he says if Spielberg's not interested, I'm in. But there's a caveat: no hmm. Boyd. Yes, Sam. We're getting Sam Worthington as. Uh, oh, I thought his caveat like was going to be. But that's my caveat for fifteen years. Yeah, that's we'll my caveat as as the head producer is that like if, no if, deal. If it's um, uh, if it's Worthington, it's not worthy. Hey, oh, I gotta wow. tell you, I gotta <laughs> tell you, as somebody who has been very much against the career of Sam Worthington, he is very good in Hulu's Under the Banner of Heaven. You is know, he in that? Heard, oh wow! I've I didn't heard know that. this multiple times now, yes. and I'm, Excellent I'm definitely gonna check it out. And I'll and I'll guess what? I'll be the first to say on here if I see it, and he's good in it. You'll I'll admit it. it. Yeah, I mean, the broken right. clock's right yeah. twice a day. You know well, what I mean? so. it seems like that. That's, that could be a hot take and put you a make you a man on a ledge if you think about it. Uh, oh boy, here we all go. All right, that was a Oof. pun that's tied to Sam Worthington. You could probably find that on Amazon Prime. Um, all right, so back to me. All right, thank you again to our sponsor yeah, and our sponsor. Thank you to Mr. Jeff Bezos. Watch, watch uh, Michael Dorman and the Patriot. The Patriot. Oh, I love the Patriot. The Patriot's a great. Well, that's a show. I'm talking about no, the, no, no, the, no, Mel, no. the, the Mad show, Mel. The show. Mad Mel movie is pretty good. Well, if you feel a big chill, that's because of my next pick. This is something I am so fucking excited. I texted you guys on this, and I, I was thinking about it today, and I was like, oh man, mm. this is never going to happen. But I would pay 500 bucks right now for a movie ticket to see this. Mm. I want a remake of John Irvin's 1981 ghost story. Oh, and yeah. I, and I want it directed by Lawrence Kasdan. And here's the cast for the Chowder Society. Mm. I want Kevin Klein as Ricky Hawthorne. I want Scott Glenn as Sears James. Kevin Cosner as Louis Benedict. Harrison Ford as Edward and Wanderley. Jobeth Williams as Stella Hawthorne. 
Alden Ehrenreich as Don Wanderley and Angry <laughs> Rice. We found him <laughs> as Ava Galley. So that's what I want. I want this so fucking bad now. I think it's a great way. It's kind of like a Fierce Creatures way of doing a sequel to The Big Chill, where you can kind of flip the script, make it be a horror movie, but it's still similar to The Big Chill. Because uh, you would have had William Hurt in there had he, he would not have passed had away. I know. No. Oh, oh yeah. Say is Harrison Ford the stand-in for Hurt, or he would was be. Harrison Ford also cut and also in the in the casket with? Kevin Costner in the beginning. Well, the oh, thing boy. is, did you see Behringer, Mike? I didn't. I had Behringer uh, in there originally, but then mm. I, I switched him out. Um, actually, no. Uh, he he would be uh, the the doctor, John. Um, I actually I I didn't I didn't have him on there, but he Doctor John John Jaffrey. So yeah, you could get uh, John Jaffrey, Tom Behringer as John Jaffrey to to round out the cast. Mm. Sorry, Jeff Goldblum, there was no room um, there for you because you've turned into a meme on Disney plus. So, um, we're, we're going to move on without you, but, uh, angry rice as Ava Galley. And there is a reason why I had angry rice in there because originally I had Craig Zobel as the director of this. And then I mm. started thinking about this and I started like putting together a lot of 80s, you know, actors that are in their seventies and eighties. And I started realizing, and as I was listening to the soundtrack, for some reason today, I pulled out the big Chill soundtrack. It, that song was on there. I, and, and I, th- I started thinking that, and then my friend was texting me about Fierce Creatures, and I was like, oh, my God, this would be such a cool follow-up. So I would love this. They're, the original Ghost Story movie, John Irving, it's fine, but it doesn't capture, like, 70% of the novel. And I feel like Kasdan could do it. It could be his way of being like, all right, well, had some problems with Dreamcatcher, but we're going to do it right. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to adapt this. And here's another thing. Here's a twinner here. The original screenwriter for Ghost Story in 1981 was Lawrence D. Cohen. Now it's going to be so. Lawrence Kasdan. So I thought Lawrence D. Kasdan. Lawrence D. Ka- <laughs> Lawrence E. Kasdan. So yeah, I I love it. I, I would love this if it happened. It's never going to, but in my mind, it's a movie that is probably would shoot up to be my number one most anticipated movie if it happened. So well, let me ask the two of you this question. This is this is kind of shocking. Since Dreamcatcher, 19 years ago, how many movies has Lawrence Kasdan directed? None. Wrong. Is he really not a nun since then? No, Mike's wrong. Oh, really? Uh, what? Is... I'm gonna say one. My it's called Darling Companion, 2012. The story of a woman who loves her dog more than her husband, and then her husband loses the dog. Starring Diane Keaton, Kevin Kline, Diane Weist, Richard Jenkins, oh, Elizabeth Moss, God. Mark Duplass, Sam Shepard. Never heard of it in my life. I've never heard of it. Never heard of this movie in my life. This is films that I saw. Mark Duplass. Yeah. Young Mark Duplass, probably 10 years ago. I I did not see the film, but it's one of those movies that I would absolutely watch. Just just for the cast alone. First of all, big Kevin Kline fan. And there was definitely a moment in time where I was watching all of his films I could get my hands on. But then he just kind of disappeared. I don't know what happened to him either. Very strange. Listen, I mean, ageism, ageism is obviously extreme towards women, but it also does affect men eventually, too. So there you go. God, I mean, James Newton Howard gone. did, the, the, did the, the composing. The original editor for E.T. and The Big Chill was the editor here. I mean, Carol Littleton. I mean, how did this movie not do well? I mean, that's the thing that's so crazy about it. And it's like, it's like what we always talk about. It's like some you know, veteran talent, they just, it just doesn't happen anymore. I still think Kasdan can do it. I, I, you know, for as much as I don't like those Star Wars movies, I absolutely fucking love Solo, and that is his movie. 
So I like you bringing back the magic, the the magic reteaming of um, Alden and well, that's and what I tried to do here, you know, because I figured there was some sort of absolute stunt casting and getting Harrison Ford as Edward Wanderley, and then his you know his son would be Alden, give Alden a chance to come back because I thought he was great as uh, as Han in that in that solo movie. But but that's that that would be my my dream. Never will happen. Absolutely never will happen. Casting's probably fucking done. And I could see this as like a series on Apple TV Plus. It'd be great. I mean, it would need to be a series, hey, probably. You know, it could you know? be. I mean, Ford's going to be in that that Yellowstone prequel now. On, Wait, on is he really? TV. Yeah, yeah, with Helen Mirren. Oh, with man, Helen I'm, Mirren, I'm in yeah. for that. So, I love Yellowstone. Uh, uh, I got to watch uh, Mosquito Coast. never saw it. Yeah, oh, yeah he, <laughs> It's good. He's getting that. All right, we'll I round it out. I like this yeah. idea, though, Mike. And whoever was talking to you about Fierce Creatures, or maybe it was probably me. No, it was Andrew. It was my buddy Andrew Buss. He was he was talking about Fierce Creatures with me, and I was like, hey. "I love this movie. I wish more sequels were like this." Yeah, you know? I love I Fierce agree. Creatures. I love Fierce much. Creatures. I think that's okay. Here is Mac alluded to this director, and I, and I Mike, the look on your face, I thought this was going to be your pick. Let me let me let me intro this a little a little Hollywood history. Cecil B. DeMille. Hmm. Let's go way back a hundred oh, years. Jesus Christ! <laughs> he remade. His 1923 film, The Ten Commandments, in 1956. And the reason he did that is because he made a, a classic silent film. With 56, he was able to put it into color, updated mm-hmm. special effects, talking, you know, actual people talking. Big deal. Alfred Hitchcock remade his 1934 film, The Man Who Knew Too Much, you know, with Peter Lorre. He remade it in color in 1956 with the great Jimmy Stewart. I would like to see... Oh, by the way, so Cecil B. DeMille, the director of his generation, you know, the, the guy, the, the king of the silent film into the talkie era, Hitchcock, arguably the director of his generation, the middle part of that century. Who would you say is maybe the director of their century, you know, or at least their era from like the 80s to the 2000s? Spielberg. I will, no, 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 dear boy. <laughs> I would like to see James Cameron. Oh, man. Take on his 1982 film, Piranha oh. 2, The Spawning. Okay, here's my <laughs> reason. These weird sequel the, the, aud- the audacity to do it. The audacity to do it. <laughs> he is all about the audacity. He's all about challenges. Yeah. He invented a special effects for The Abyss. He invented special effects for T2. He... he Americanized a French comedy with True Lies. He obviously remade the Titanic. He <laughs> invented new 3D technology and, and, and mocap for the Avatar movies for the last 25 years. Here's your biggest challenge, Jim. You got one real blemish on your entire career. Now, you can say the movie was taken away from me, blah, 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 blah. You've got all the technology now in this world to convince us that piranhas can fly. Oh, my God. And you haven't scared us since the Terminator films 30 years ago. The first one, too. I the, mean, the first one, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, second one's got some pretty freaky parts, too. Some but yeah, freaky, but mostly it's, All right. yeah. Bottom line is, Jim, this is your challenge. A remake of Piranha 2, The Spawning. You could you could have it set in Navi Land, wherever the fuck that planet's called. Do it. Navi Land. It's sitting there, and that is your last big challenge, because you... It's like Icarus. There's, there's nothing else to do. You're going you're gonna to fly too close to the sun. You're going to burn away. This is your last challenge, Jim. You know, you convinced the world that there were liquid robots and liquid aliens. Convince us that there are 
Flying Piranha. That's my that's my legit pitch. I would love to see the challenge accepted. That's all I have to say about that, Jim's Cameron. Piranha to the spawning. Make it happen, Jim. I I honestly thought you were going to say Spielberg and say Poltergeist. <laughs> oh my god. No, 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 no. It's already had a no, remake. No, you no. can't do it. I, well, that was going to be the joke is that he just re- reissues the uh, 1982 film that was out there. Well, I thought you were going to say Spielberg and say a film version of Duel. Like like a a new like because a lot of people don't know about Duel and they haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that would, that's that a great one too. Cool. That that'd be interesting too, but that's yeah. such a great movie. Except it's set in this day, so all they do is just call, like, you know, the guy just pulls out his smartphone. No, it would just be, it would just be traffic jams, am I right? That is true, especially if it's set in L.A. I mean, come on, how do you get oh to my the God. No, he's, 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 start, West he, he's to starting his trip, and he goes, he pulls over to get gas, and he goes, $80. Yeah. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I, I, I'm not going we on this got, road trip. <laughs> I mean, look at this trip. We got Billy Peterson driving the wrong way. You know, it's like uh, to live and Billy die in L.A. Peterson. over here. <laughs> Now, another, uh, I, I would say right. when I was thinking of doing the keep, I did think about shockwaves because mm. that Mac, is another no great joke. idea. God that, damn. You want, do we want to run through like really quick like we did last time? Well, we got a t- we have to choose a 10th one. So whoever oh, yeah, pitches yeah, yeah, the yeah, best 10th yeah. one, Ooh. go for it. You know? All right. Mac, so you, you, Mac and I both had shockwaves, which is a film about a group of tourists who encounter aquatic Nazi zombies when they become shipwrecked. God, uh, once again, all these Nazi together. horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it is not. That great. It's, I it's mean, a great idea and great, great art idea. for the Cushing and everything. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. Briefly. So it's John Kerry. You could easily too. make that, you know, of all the Nazi horror films that have come out, why they haven't remade Shockwaves is beyond me. It's not mm. like some, you know, I mean, people love it, but it's. I think it they love the imagery of it at this point. The image, yeah. the poster art's terrific too. Yeah. Now, if we, really if we weren't standing by our remake situation, I would say I would like another version of 13 Ghosts. Yeah, you know, I almost had that in mind, too. Yeah. People really love that remake. Because the, the original, original, the original is awful. so kind of like lighthearted and goofy compared to the remake. And I feel like you could go, you could meet somewhere in the middle there. You know, yeah, but. so... On that note, because that's an, another was it? Was that Ghost House or who the who the fuck did the remake of that in the, the early two thousands? Oh, yeah, um, I think it was. It was yeah. the thing that did it. Anyway, it wasn't that, Dark Castle. Oh, it was Dark Castle, probably. Yeah. Um, but the because Ghost House is Sam Raimi, I think. But one of the things I was thinking of when we were looking at remakes is you said something the last time when we did our TV show discussion you said justin that invasion of body snatchers could be like a generational thing where it comes they just keep doing remakes for different eras and different generations i think you could do the same thing with house on the hill you know Mm. like it's you know houses change think about it like you know a house that's from the 80s or the 90s like you could easily do just keep doing these over and over again i mean obviously the 99 one which i actually really like a lot um went really postmodern and big and you Another know. Dark Castle production, right? It was. And that's why it made, you know, it came to mind. Um, but I, I thought that you could do another remake and just keep doing, turning out remakes every 20 years or something like that. And you could have some, some sort of, you know, it would give you an opportunity to kind of highlight who we think is like the, 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 you know, the quote unquote Vincent Price of our era, mm. too, which would be fun as well. And all these different effects. Who Pete is Davidson the, this uh, wait, who, who is the Vincent Bill Price? Bill Hater now. It's just as Vincent Price. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that would be Martin fucking Short. great. There you yeah. go. No, Martin the, Short. But of the 1991, the Jeffrey Rush. Version. That was Jeffrey was Rush. Rush. Yeah, and he was great. That's I mean, right. he, he does a really good job in that. Yeah, yeah. Love that remake. But uh, 
I would be down for another Shockwaves because I I do think that's like that's a perfect that's a perfect landing Mac because it really is something that you could just I mean anyone could make it now it'd probably be better than the original I know that <laughs> that's, that's what sad. I'm saying like it's like it's you're not setting yourself up for um, failure you know you're not setting yourself up for no. a, like a big interrogation as to why is this happening it's like. Oh, you're doing shockwaves? Okay, yeah, I mean, right. sure. Most, a lot of, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, the majority of people out there don't know what it is. And if you're a horror fan, even if you like shockwaves, you're probably like, oh, cool. Because there isn't, like, a franchise of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, and it's been gone long enough and so offbeat that I feel like it merits a remake. And it could, you could improve upon it. Uh. What you know? What I also want? I want another Black Christmas so that we can just keep the 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 bit going as long as possible. Just so yeah, we just, can have something to do in December. So we have something. At, yeah, I don't really want one, but like I do want one for us to be able to have an, another Black Christmas every. I mean, obviously, year. this December will be a Black Christmas movie. So mm-hmm. there is. Yeah, we still have we still have one left. But uh, yeah. any other remakes that we have? I think tenth. I, I vote for. I'm Shock fine with Shockwaves. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, this is fun. You know, I actually really love these lists. These are some of my favorite episodes to do. You know why? Because, A, I don't sit for two weeks researching, which has been fun. <laughs> you, I, I, I literally you just, said it, brother. I go for a fucking walk. I think of three things, and I come back, and we, you know, we shoot the shit. They're a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, it's it's just free fucking ideas for producers everywhere. So I hope you, know you enjoy them, actually Hollywood. have people. You know what we should do? Yeah. Is, is not only when people see this, when this gets posted on social media, but we should ask, ask people... What other lists would you be interested in seeing us tackle? Oh, yeah. I like that idea. There's yeah. yeah. infinite yeah. possibilities. Oh, you know? totally. Yeah. I mean, we were only doing this because we're talking about a horror remake this month. So if you have Absolutely. something like, you know. Now, some people are like, Evil Dead's a sequel. You see the, you see the car. Know, like, it's, no, it's, well, it's we'll a remake. That. It's, it's, we'll debate on. that when we get to it. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, for all the producers that do listen to us, because we, we know there's, there's a lot of content to be made these days. Uh, not so many films these days, but content. You know, if we're leaning on the, what the Russo said, because, you know, we got a lot of filmmakers out there that are working for the machine. Um, so if you are and you're looking for ideas and you happen to use any of ours, just, you know, maybe give us a little, you know, give a crew Special hat. Thanks. Give a crew hat or something like that to us. I'm not asking for much, but something. I will say for you listeners, though, if you do happen to see these remakes and they are being made, tag us on socials and let us know what happens uh, so that we can keep in the loop of it and, uh, you know, know that we're actually doing something in the world. Anyway, as I mentioned before, we got 2013's Evil Dead coming up. But uh, Justin, what else can the Deadites expect from us this month? And should we we just go ahead and confirm what we're going to be doing in September? I mean, I know that everyone knows what we're doing in October. We're going to Haddonfield. We're going to cover Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Ends. Should we should we go ahead and just confirm what we're doing in September, or is it too early? I, I with, with tweets the other day, I, I don't know. I think it might be too early. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Well, well, you know, obviously, the hope and dream is that Lee Cronin tweets out that the Evil Evil Dead Rise will be out in September. Yeah, well, I don't know. If that's um, I will also that. say that in 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 terms of my experience, you know, researching and being excited about and just knowing a lot at this point about the Hollywood system, <laughs> I would say that there is no way in hell that this movie is coming out in 2022. I'd love to be proven wrong, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait until that's made that's made official or. 
until September comes along, we have to do something. We but do yeah, have we a backup something plan. In mind. We've got something in mind. If we, have a, we have a cool yeah. backup plan. We do. You certainly do. But for the meantime, know that we got Monster Squad. It's going to be on the Patreon. It's going to be a rental. Mac is leading that one. It's going to be, be fun a one. really fun discussion. We're recording it this weekend. And then we got the Evil Dead remake, and then we have uh, Halloween Ends. So we got Squads and Shape, which is not a bad fall. Not bad at all. But uh, as always, we hope... That you join us. Join us. Join us. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>